Welcome back to a new episode and a new segment of the Radiant Black Podcast. We're calling it Radiant Roster for now, where we're going to feature listeners, friends, and pretty much anyone who wants to talk about Radiant Black here. I'm with my friends, Ali and Matt. And, you know, I just want to give credit to Derek from the Weekly Polls. He, you know, I watched his podcast with Tevin recently, the Weekly Polls podcast, which I highly recommend checking out. And it was awesome. And, you know, based on their raw and unedited, unedited footage, which ended out so much funnier, so much more enjoyable, we're going to try something similar here. So how's everyone doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, too. It's exciting to talk about Radiant Black and not just Radiant Black, but uh, 4th of July might be over, but we got plenty of firepower in stories. We'll talk about that and a bit of Invincible. It's uh, three awesome comics and, uh, you know, continuing to make the case that Image is just killing it at this point. Oh, yeah. Image. It's crazy. Honestly, like we're not going to just talk about those. We're going to talk about everything. Fuck, We're going to talk about everything. But. One thing I want to, you know, an honorable mention, which we're not going to dive into in this episode, but because my friends here haven't, well, Ali hasn't read it all, but Matt has, so we don't want to spoil it for him. But I just want to say, if you're not reading Stray Dogs, you're wrong. You're just straight up wrong. Yeah, that's next on my list. Yeah, you're as wrong. I'm not even going to make the Stray Dogs reference because it might be a spoiler. But no, it's if you like Disney and you like horror, I mean, there's no other series you should be reading, quite frankly. It's fantastic. Nah, just, just straight up, if you like dogs, just read this. <laughs> it's just it, it's a little sadistic, I'm not gonna lie. It's pretty uh it's pretty intense, but it's it's amazing. It's genuinely like one of those comics where I would I could not wait to read the next issue. Literally, I would reread some of the issues and my emotions were just like a mess. A, a genuinely incredible series from Tony Fleece and Trish Forstner. And I just wanna say I can't wait for more. Seriously, like the covers of this comic are insane. There's all these incredible variant covers with uh, homages to like famous horror movies. You know, any movie, you name it, they probably did a homage to it. You know, it's amazing. Even Midsummer, which is a very recent movie. But uh, yeah, I highly recommend checking it out. They're even doing, you know, the last wave of reprints. Every single printing that's come out has sold out. And the last wave of printings uh, is coming out this week. So if you haven't, you know, if you if you don't. If your shops are sold out, go check out the new printings. They're worth it. Yeah, and the paperbacks are going to be coming out soon. But yeah, definitely check it out. Even if you hate dogs, check it out. There might be something in there for you too. But yeah, no, I I really dug it. You know, the Friday the 13th tribute cover is my favorite of them. But damn, they're awesome. I'm hoping to do a Human Centipede one, but I don't think it's likely anymore. <laughs> uh, no, no, not that one. Poor dogs. They've been through enough. It would be yeah, the canine centipede now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. But yeah, no, Stray Dogs. If you haven't checked uh, checked it out, I highly recommend it. I, I think it, you know it gets an A plus from everyone here. Everyone who I who I know has been reading the series, they've been loving it seriously. So check it out. And the letters the letters page in the back of the comic is a gift to mankind and dog kind and humankind, just everyone. Yeah, I did. I did miss the boat. I was sending you batch that I was thinking about sending in a picture of like my cat with like a dog filter on there and seeing if I made the <laughs> cut. But yeah, I don't think that's happening. But no. It's a great book, and you can start, I mean, with the new printings, and they got to be having there, – there must be a trade paperback coming up pretty soon, too, I imagine. Oh, yeah, and, you know, there's a free Comic Book Day comic. You know, if you if you don't want to put some money on it and want to check out something for free, there's a free Comic Book Day comic coming out and free Comic Book Day, so check that out. And there's even a new uh, prequel series coming out afterwards, so a lot of cool stray dogs to look forward to. Yeah, definitely. Definitely worth yeah. it. 
And, you know, moving on, one thing I've been mentioning recently on Twitter and other places to my friends is just how good Firepower is. Firepower by Robert Kirkman, Chris Somney, and Matt Wilson on colors, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing series. Highly recommend it. And, you know, I, I, I've been reading it from day one. We, we checked out the prelude, all three of us. You know, I, I, why aren't more people talking about this series? Because I, I don't understand. That's a good question. I mean, you pitched this idea of talking firepower, and I was down. But I think that, I don't know, like, it, it's hard to, like, with new series, sometimes it's hard to get people attached or talking about them and get pressed. But I don't know. Even with Kirkman's success with Invincible and The Walking Dead, a lot of people sleep on his other books. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I love this since the moment I, I picked it up. Like, even that first few panels when he's just walking, there's, like, no dialogue for, like, 10, 12 pages. But he's just walking through the snow, going up the mountain. That alone just hooked me on. Yeah, the prelude is fantastic. If you're not hooked by the prelude, you probably won't like the rest of the series, but yeah. it, was, it was masterfully done. Definitely check that out if you get the chance. Yeah, don't be that person that's just like, oh, I read, you know, number one, I didn't like it. Well, you have to read the prelude. It's 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 weird. It's one of those things where I'm not sure. I, I can't remember because I did get these all as they were coming out, and I remember the releases were weird because they released the trade paperback, the prelude, the, that one being the prelude, and then the Firepower number one free comic book day version on the same day, I think, or the same time. So it was really awkward. And then number one proper came out like at a different time. So it, there was like two different versions of number one. And yeah, I, so for those of you who are like, I checked it out, I read number one, check out the prelude. It really is necessary honestly it's it's critical to the whole story and it's honestly not the same because I mean, it, it creates the world right like it flushes yep. out the whole world building it's it's the entire origin yeah <laughs> like everything yeah like the first appearance all the origin everything important happens in the prelude and then it feels like it you know firepower number one picks up from there it's not like a invincible situation where like if you, you know he's in one panel of noble causes three and then he's an invincible number one proper and that's his origin this is completely different like uh kind of scenario here where the prelude very much is the origin of the character and many of the characters uh, in fact i couldn't imagine reading it that way just reading number one and moving forward because the prelude is crucial to the rest of the story i know it's weird it's just like it's so weird like it's at you know you think because like i don't on the one hand i don't really blame readers for like thinking oh i could just pick up a number one and go from there because normally that's how comic books are that's how pretty much everything in media is but so that was a weird choice with the prelude, but uh, no, if if you've you know if you've given if you've read number one and you didn't like it and you haven't checked out the prelude, I really recommend checking it out. Yeah, definitely, it's super fun. Like I I love these characters. Like Owen's a great protagonist. He's super likable, and you know they they show him struggle, and you get the you know you, you hear about why he's so awesome. He's like training his whole life. You know we're not gonna. I mean we are gonna get spoilery for for firepower. So you know here's Everything, your warning. All spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so, it, it honestly wouldn't even make sense. Like, I, I, I read the first, like, few pages of, of number one, and I didn't understand what was happening. Then I found out about the preludes, and then that's what actually, like, got me attached to the series. Yeah, don't let the prelude elude you guys. Definitely check that out, because it's it's <laughs> masterful. You get the intro to everything. Like, it's, it's like, it's basically like chapter one. Like, it's on, like, the unofficial volume one, really. Oh, yeah. Don't elude the prelude. <laughs> anyway, wordplay, wordplay, that's what we do here. But uh, yeah, no, Firepower, one uh, one thing I think is so amazing in this uh, series, and it's kind of similar in Invincible, is like, we talk about how, and not to discredit Cory Walker, but we talk about how over, you know, reading Invincible, it's not just the journey of 
seeing the character Mark and his family and those around him grow and, you know, change. And there's a lot of that. But it's also watching Kirkman as a writer and a human being like evolve through, you know, like you, you literally see him mature in his writing. But you also see that in Ryan Otley's artwork because we've been graced with his artwork for most of the series. And in this in this series, it feels like it's just effective a marriage of artist and writer. Like Chris Somney is incredible, like genuinely I feel like normally in a Kirkman book, the dialogue does most of the talking. And if you read a Kirkman book, you know exactly what I mean. There's a lot of dialogue. It's always intelligent dialogue. There's a lot of purpose to it. But in this story, you have less dialogue. It's still there. There's still a decent amount. But my God, the artwork really does the talk. I love Sammy's artwork. Like, I'm not going to call it simplistic, but like, there's no lines that aren't that are there that don't need yeah. to be. And it's just, it feels so nice. Like, I can picture it in motion. It's just really well done. Yeah, I don't think simplistic is the word is the word either, but it it definitely like I don't know, it like comes out of the the pages, you know. It yeah. feels like an animated show, like yeah, genuinely. Yeah, yeah. Like you're watching yeah, it, but you're reading it. It's a weird sensation. Like it it's so smooth. You know what I mean? Like it it plays out like you're watching something, and it the artwork like it really conveys a lot of emotions effectively. Sometimes with some uh, you know, sometimes you want more from a, a certain spread other than just action or seeing someone like get decapitate someone. Sometimes you want to see it like convey certain emotions. And here, like like you know, like Ali said earlier, like the first twelve pages of the prelude, there's no there's no words. There's literally no dialogue. There are yeah. no words at all. It's just all just scenes. And you know, there are so many emotion emotions being conveyed in those scenes. And I think one of my favorite scenes in the whole uh, prelude is the one where the butterfly saves his life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And it comes no back too. They yeah. they they come back to the the butterfly multiple times. Right no one ever suspects the butterfly. Yeah. So the butterfly seems like the best wingman there is, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, leading you to where you need to go. What's I I can't find it. What's the sensei's name? Like the well, guy Wei Lun. Wei Lun. I, I Wei Lun, if he's like the main guy that uh, Owen yeah, like Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. Yeah. Wei Lun of the Jordans. Yeah, yeah Wei, Wei Lun <laughs> is my favorite character in this so far. Like, he's just got so much character and stuff like that. It just pours out of him. He's got, like, the Nikes on. He's got the hat. He's asking for bubble gun. Like, I love it. It's like, I love, like, the not-so-serious sensei. Like, I love Master Roshi, that kind of stuff, where you're like, wow, this guy's super wise. But he's not exactly the most, like, mature or whatever all the time. I, I love that. Dude, I, like... You you said it. Plus, not to mention, like, one, one of my favorite scenes as well. I'm going to say one of my favorite scenes a lot. So you want to take a shot every time I do that, feel free. You're going to be very happy by the end of this podcast. But uh, one of my favorite scenes in this book is the scene where or the panel where him and Owen, you know, basically he meets Owen for the first time. He's like, what did you bring me? And you see him, he grabs his iPad, his iPod, sorry, and everything. He takes his bubble gum. But then he's like, show me what you got. And he's just like, oh, yeah, who taught you this? Oh, yeah, this guy, I taught him that. Oh, yeah, him? I taught the guy who taught him that. So he's just like, yeah, dude, I've been everywhere, basically. Like, everyone who taught you, that was me. And I was just like, damn, that's how you know this guy is badass. It shows how trained Owen is, but it also shows how many steps above Wei Lun is. So it's it's an awesome scene that, like, works on so many levels. Yep, yet another reason to read the preludes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and just the use of colors, too. Like, I like it how it's just, like, you're in, like, I, what is it like nepal they're in like the mountains and it's all snowing and then you see like little touches like the fire just a little bit of, of like orange and red and stuff like that just it's so it's such a nice little setting and then when you finally get to the temple of the flaming fist it's like you know the whole world opens up and you get so many new colors and new visuals it's, it's just it's an awesome series yeah and i think we got to give more credit to matt wilson's colors because he really sets the tone in every single issue like his 
colors complement Somni's artwork to perfection. When they're trying to convey emotions, it's it's not just the beautiful artwork from Somni showing the characters, you know, being emotional, showing them with a lot of action, but it's also the colors. You see, like, every time they shift from a certain scene or an area to another, you you see the mood change, and a lot of that comes from the colors. Like, in, you know, some of the later issues when they're sitting... You know, at the dawns before they go fighting the wars, you could see that, you know, the sun's out. It's a very beautiful orange and it just sets this amazing mood. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I can't wait until like, even they do like a movie. Like I think Tilda Swinton is already like pencil marked for playing uh, Roy Lynn. <laughs> I think that'd be perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wouldn't mind though. I actually do like her ancient one. <laughs> the most important thing is who's going to play peanut butter. Like that's what we really got to know. Oh, yeah. We need a classically trained canine actor. Like no, no questions asked. They need to be perfect for the role. Perfect to like snarf on whatever. You they need to know how to dodge fireballs, of course. Oh, exactly, exactly. But no, I, I can see it if it does get adapted. I can definitely see an animated series for because, like, God forbid, it ends up on the CW and it's like. Oh no, please. <laughs> no, it, it's almost like in the same way that we saw Corey Walker's artwork translate onto the uh, screen for the Invincible animated show. I feel like. Um, Chris Somney's artwork is almost made for animation. Seriously, like it just it it looks perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, just if you take that same style and just make models of it and animate it, I think you're in for a classic. You know, it'd be pretty sweet. Oh Definitely. yeah. One of the things that I love about you know Kirkman's writing, like I said earlier, is that every time we read more and more of his writing, you see him mature more and more. You see that. But uh, but uh, yeah, we, we basically we've got all these amazing characters, and in this in this. Uh, comic book series we've got a lot of amazing characters it's, we're not just limited to owen we've also got his wife kelly and she's honestly probably my favorite character right now seriously like there's this one panel in the uh, in the most recent issue issue number 13 where this fucking guy just breaks into the police office with oh, a shotgun yeah. loaded and she literally fucking drops her coffee and karate chops that shit into his face like what <laughs> what no, seriously like what okay now that, yeah, that's she's not- a badass no, she's badass as hell. She's like literally high fiving. What's his name? The, the her partner and going like we're you know uh, karate cops and everything. Man, man yeah. like she's the most badass character in this comic book for me. No, I, awesome. I like Kelly. Kelly's great. Uh, I really like her character, and I'm. It's tragic to where it's gonna go, right? Because we know that. Uh, uh, we got, we got a reverse Eve there. situation here. A reverse oh God, Eve yeah. situation. Yeah. <laughs> you're right it is the it is it's the reverse eve but you just feel bad for her because all she all she's guilty of like she seems like a perfect wife great mother like you know an ideal wife and then uh you know poor owen i mean he finds out that someone that he pined for years you know is not actually dead so it's like this whole really when that shoe drops it's going to be such a shit show and uh you know I, I i'll be reading it through uh through through my fingers there probably yeah you said it and like it's it's when you think about it, it's really weird because his time with uh, with Ling Zan isn't just a matter of like, oh, yeah, you know, I met you at, you know, like this. His she was a huge part of his origin. She grew with him in the temple as a human being, as a fighter. They grew together. So and she was like the, she was the first person to really welcome him and help him when he got to the temple. So. She's an extremely important character in his life. It's not just like, you know, prior to their, you know, spoiler, romantic involvement. It's forbidden. it's not just, the, yeah, for their forbidden love. <laughs> prior to that, which, you know, which uh, Wei Lun loves to make examples. I just love it. But uh, 
Yeah, prior to their romantic involvement, we see that they were very close friends. It's not just something that comes out of the blue. They, it, it's something you know, it's something that blossomed over time and really, really nicely too. So she's a super important character to him, and the way that he believes he loses her is is pretty tragic, right? Like he doesn't lose her naturally. She just like gets deleted. She gets killed, presumably. Burnt. Yeah, burnt. And so he thinks she's gone, right? This isn't like how you say like he, he it wasn't like he chose to end things with her she he thought she was dead so to see her come back alive it's almost like you feel for owen right you feel for him having these feelings because he's he's not like this asshole he's a really good he's a really good dude and he's a good father and we see that throughout the series and it, even when he's being trained it uh, uh sorry when he's being trained at uh the temple he has his rival is it mao or whatever his name is but that yeah, guy was a huge like dick yeah, that guy was a huge dick, and Owen always was the be- was the bigger man when it came to like discipline. You know, there's that one time where they're uh, when they basically they attack him because he I think he defeated them in training, and you know that you can't do that. You can't just attack someone when they have their back turned to you. The fight was over, the sparring uh, was over, and you know Wei Lun and Cho Fang saw this and they were like, okay, there's gonna be a punishment for this. So they're standing on these logs with water buckets on their back and it really hurts and you could tell that they're suffering pretty badly and when Wei Lun asks Owen how long he wants the punishment to be you know Owen's like he tells Owen that there's a sacrifice if he wants to you know do that sacrifice and Owen's like what's the sacrifice and basically the sacrifice is rather than make them stay there for a longer duration he can stand with them on the log you know with the buckets suffering for a day and then the, all of them will end their punishment so Owen chooses that, and that gives you an idea what kind of person he is, right? Like, who would do that for some asshole well, that's been bullying him? Don't forget, too, like, after all that, like, after, you know, he was welcomed by Ling Zen and Wei Lun, and he showed all that goodwill to all the other students at the temple, he got blamed for her death because she was burnt. They thought, you know, he's he's the only one that could do that. So not only did he lose the love of his life, but he also he got blamed for it. Yeah. yeah, and you don't get any closure when you think that she's just dead and then she pops up out of nowhere. Like, those feelings... You know, even if they're dormant, they have to reemerge and you have to be like yeah. shocked and then questioning everything where, you know, it's possible to, to love two people and maybe not equally, but to be in love with two different people for different reasons at, from different points in your life. It's true. And, you know, we see that before he finds out she's alive as well. We see that there is from time to time, you know, he pauses and he thinks back to those moments at the temple, those intimate moments with where, uh, with Ling Zan. And he you know, his wife notices that, right? Kelly notices that. It's not just a matter of like, oh, like she doesn't notice. She's very aware. He know, She knows about his life. And that gives you further an idea of how much Owen loves Kelly, right? If, if he loves her enough to trust her about that previous part of his life, which he didn't, you need to tell her, right? Like some, some people wouldn't, you know, because they don't need to. But Owen loves Kelly enough to trust her with that part of her life. So she knows, she sees him sometimes dozing off during the day, daydreaming about those memories back at the temple. So she knows there's some there's some tension there. And she, she she's not really happy about that. But we see them, you know, uh, you know, resolve that from time to time. So we see these feelings emerge even prior to the reveal that Ling Zan is alive. So I can't even imagine how he feels now knowing. You know, yeah. kind of going back to what Matt said before, where like you can love two people at the same time. Uh, there's this page when he uh, he was falling out of the plane with the snake person. You know, we don't know much about that yet, but when he's falling down and he's like, he's basically preparing for his death, right? And he he closes his eyes, has like this one moment of peace, and you could see different 
little panels where some of them are memories with Kelly and his kids, and a couple of them were memories with uh, with Ling Zhang. So like that's it shows you how I won't say equally, but how much he cares for them both, and how how much of a big part of of his life they both are. Yeah, and how com- uh, compartmentalized things are, right? Where it's like, okay, yeah. this this life and this life. Like, it's cool. Another thing that I was just thinking of is, uh, I like how, like, in The Walking Dead, you have, like, society falling, and then Rick represents the law, and they're trying to, like, bring society back in some way. And now you've got, like, this fantasy world of, like, the, like the Temple of the Flaming Fist and stuff like that, and training that. And then you've got Kelly representing the law and kind of, like, grounding things in this reality. So, yeah, it's a nice kind of parallel. Yeah, and it's weird because as a reader, I love them both. Like, I really do, I think. And it's hard. Like, even as a reader, I find it hard. Like, how do you choose? Because on the one hand, you you didn't know that this person is alive. Like, she and and she she kind of has those feelings, too. In the most recent issue we see, like, you know, that, that there's this one uh, person who asks her, like, do you, like, why? Why did you, you know, do, like you revealed it to him, like you revealed yourself. And she's like, yeah, but like his life is, you know, he has his own life with kids. He, he loves his like his wife and his beautiful children. You know, I'm not going to disturb that. And then the lady's like, but you want you want you. But you're hoping that he's going to throw everything and come running after you, don't you? And then like we see that she doesn't reply to it. So it's implied that she kind of does want that. And, you know, Knowing her, it kind of seems like she does want that. The way she's looking into the sunset, it's almost like she's reminiscing, like she's missing something, and it, that something is presumably Owen, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, when, I think she does. I, I don't have any favorites yet, though. I don't know who I'm rooting for in this love triangle. That's the thing, because I like I love them both. Like Kelly is badass. Like she's an amazing mom, super badass person. Like she's a cop, a really good cop. You know, she's she knows how to do some fucking kung fu and. We look at, you know, uh, what's her name? Ling Zen. Ling Zen's like the sweetest person. Like she was there for Owen since the very start. She was nice to him. She made him some goddamn rice when no one else would. Like, come on. Remember that with her with her bare hands? She literally like cooked that shit with the fireball. That was amazing. That was like one of my favorite panels too in the prelude. <laughs> Again, I did it. One of my favorite panels in the prelude. It's seriously, she's like, that was so cool. That was such a good, like, I remember telling Matt this the first time we read it. I was like, that's such a good way like cool creative way to convey their superpowers or their fireball powers just like i can like microwave rice yeah Yeah. (laughs) like straight up like that was so cool so so yeah no they have something tight there and it it comes from a place of like you have to think about owen during this time he was feeling alienated even if like there weren't like even if there were people who weren't alienating him there because they were like mao gong and and those douchebag bullies but you know, Wei Lun isn't exactly the nicest person. Like, he, he's like a father figure in many ways. He's strict, he's reinforcing, and he wants the best for you. But he's not exactly always like, I love you. He doesn't convey emotion the best way. So it's it, you'd think Owen was feeling alienated during this time. And that's the person who made him not feel alienated. The only person who made him feel welcome. So it's like, it's so hard. You know what I mean? It's true. Um, I, talking about, uh, you know, the, the coupling of... Uh, you know the love triangle i just want to cover with uh of like a like archie inspired like cover of like them at like a malt shop with like oh, Lizanne yeah. and and uh <laughs> yeah and his wife there the three of them just with like a, a milkshake i i mean make it happen come on Archie. Come oh that's actually yeah, a cool. really good that'd idea really for cool. a variant no seriously that's actually a wonderful robert robert if you're listening i just want to say i'm sorry for mispronouncing all the names and i want to say please make that variant happen thanks robert thanks all right. I, I so, mean, if Archie and Predator, if Archie can, and Predator can have a series, I think this is a simple ask. So, you know, be a nice variant. Oh, yeah, no, that do, I, I, I'm serious. Like, there's a lot of, I'm like, one thing I've noticed with Kirkman titles is that 
unless you're the fucking Walking Dead Deluxe, where you have a fucking deluxe amount of variants, literally yeah. like insane amount of variants. He his series don't have that many variants. Like you look back to Invincible, and it was only like really, really, really big issues or random issues that had variants. You know, we had like uh, I know there was the 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 the, the Felici a pink signature variant he did later on. There's some second prints here and there. There's the Invincible uh invincible war second print variant right there's like a very few variants overall in invincible but uh and and in most of his titles for that matter like firepower whatever the only time i really see variants with kirkman are when his issues sell out and they make additional printings but uh with firepower holy shit we get to issue number 12 there's 12 fucking variants variant city yeah it must be uh, the kirkman that's a variant that came over with all his variants <laughs> and he's uh making all these variants but no i, I dug it you had a ton of co- uh covers it was what like the rob liefeld one right yeah rob, rob liefeld did one yeah, Rob did one. Uh, there was so many. I know, fucking Kari Randolph did one. Um, Tula, Tula Lote did one. There were there were lots. There were like many. Like I can't even remember everyone who did one. But uh, uh, McFarlane, McFarlane did one. I got that one. So yeah, the McFarlane one's super badass. I love it. I'm and, hoping uh, yeah. they show up in Skybound X. Like it'd be disappointing if they don't. That's what I'm saying. Like Skybound X is like when you read the first page of Skybound X, and this isn't a spoiler, okay? It's not. It's in the solicitations and everything. We're not gonna spoil <coughs> Skybound X. In the yeah. first page, it says that Skybound X is about the next, the, like you know, it was about the legacy of the Skybound titles, including Walking Dead, and you know, they talk about the the backup in Walking Dead number seventy five, which has Rick Grimes two thousand for the first time. And then they talk about the future legacy of Skybound with the new titles like the big hit Ultra Mega, Manifest Destiny. So those are recent titles, uh, Skybound imprint. And Firepower is Kirkman's baby. Like, it's his title. And it's Skybound. So I'm really hoping we get a Firepower, like, uh, issue or, I guess, story in one of the issues for Firepower. Because, God damn it, it deserves it. Yeah, it's it's a year out now. The series, like, issue 13 is fast approaching. I think, issue why not? It came out last Wednesday. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, so I'm behind an issue, so I got to read that, which I'm excited for. But, yeah, uh, no, I, I don't see why you wouldn't tie it in. Like, maybe he doesn't think, but, like, I'm hoping for at least some Oblivion Song tie-ins because Oblivion Song Dude, is both. what got me back into collecting in general. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm hoping Oblivion Song and Firepower get a, a uh, tie-in, and hopefully maybe something Invincible related. We got Clementine, right? If you're a Clementine fan, if you played the Telltale games, we finally got Clementine in Skybound X, so... There's a lot to look forward to, and Dude, I'm really hoping Firepower's in it. Oblivion Song, you tie this in so easily. You have Ed make another machine that like merges the two realities or something like that, or merges Kirkman properties. And that's the that's what I'm saying. That's your that's thing right there. Yes, like, and th- it's not just that, but it's like the Ultra Mega story they did was very like forward looking. Like it's more about the future, I guess. And it was like mm. two or three pages. So it's like, come on, you know, like give me more, like give me something just more. Taste. Just taste. Yeah. Like show us uh, the the master there. Show him. Show us when he's young and sees like his first pair of Nikes and like listens to uh, Radiohead for the first time. Like even something like that, I'll take whatever. I just want uh, firepower to be included. Yeah, and you know firepower guys, we're gonna stop here because at, with firepower because I just I just have you, one more question about firepower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Move on. Yeah, yeah. Of course, go Because there, there's there's this, there's been this like. Um, this like line that they've been treading if if all the myths are real the statue is going to come back to life or if the dragon's real but there's i forgot if it's issue 11 or 12 when they're um they they won basically they they jumped into the pit in the dragon cell no no no. there's i don't know if you caught it but there's when they're uh they're both holding uh, what's his name chow fang right the guy with the Mm. beard and they're uh, taking him out of the of the pit 
and you can see scales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. We talked yes. about me and I talked about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? what the fuck is that? So, but look, this is what I'm, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm thinking. I don't know if it's a dragon per se. I'm thinking it's a serpent, and this is why. This is why. First of all, I, this is what I'm calling her. This is what I'm calling her. We got serpent bitch in that issue on the airplane yeah. chasing Owen out of the airplane. So serpent bitch had all kinds of snakes on her. And after serpent bitch showed up was when shit got really snaky and crazy. And and if you read the RC Coda sections in the back of issues, which is like a uh, conversation. It's like I think it's Rick Chris Coda. Is that, that's must, I'm sorry, Robert Chris. Sorry, sorry. Rock, I confused you for Rick Robert. And uh, yeah, Rick, uh, Robert Chris Coda. And I'm pretty sure that's Kirkman and Somni. So the whole thing is just like a podcast in the comic where they're just talking about the comic and someone asked him about the dragon and he says, this is what I can say. We're going to see like some serpents or a snake real soon. And he said that basically the serpent shit we've been seeing, because you guys have been noticing every issue, there's like a panel or two where you see a fucking snake going somewhere. Right. And the last issue, because he hasn't read, Matt hasn't read the last issue, but the last issue, the snake does something, right? The snake does something significant. Yeah. So, I'm thinking we're gonna see a lot of fucking snakes. Like that's what we're in for, snakes. Like Harry Potter two Chamber Secret snake style. I was just gonna make a Chamber Secret reference. Like that's pretty much what they have. Is <laughs> yeah, that, that's what it is. That's what I'm saying. So it's a so, fucking basilisk. Is that what we're getting at that, here? That's like, what I'm thinking. Like I can't wait to find serpent. out. Yeah, man. It was like a big ass serpent. This is some like Iron Fist style shit. This is like good Iron Fist style shit. So if you haven't t- checked it out, you can quote me on that Iron Fist style shit. Get ready uh, to meet your snaker there, I guess. So it's going to be pretty interesting. <laughs> no, that was really stupid. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's seriously like firepower is awesome. We highly recommend it. If you're a fan of Kirkman, we think you'll like it. But I, I will say this. There was a, a running joke. And this is a perfect segue into Invincible. There's a running joke that Invincible, you know, when we were reading it, there was made this joke that it's a family title, right? This is a family yeah. book. This is a family title, family book, family title. And everybody would make comments about how is this a fucking family title when, <laughs> you know, when all kinds of shit's happening. Well, basically, that was the joke. It was like satirical. But here, I would say this is actually a family title. Yeah. Would, would everyone agree? I, I would say. say so far, yeah. There's been like a little bit of blood, but no like guts pulling out of people, you know? Yeah, yeah. but everything is like with a very like... I guess uh, a conservative uh, like animation, like they yeah they don't show guts, they don't show yeah. it's not like visceral like Walking you don't Dead, see, like, charred corpses and shit. No, yeah. yeah, and there's a lot of focus on the children and peanut butter and grandparents, and I think that's like a really wholesome. Yeah, no, definitely, I I can totally see it being if of Kirkman's books that I've read, it's probably the most family title like. Oh yeah, and to end our firepower uh, section, we're gonna say one last thing. Just pray for Tyler, the poor guy. He's been through so much. <laughs> and if you've read Firepower, you know what I'm talking about. The poor kid, his life's been scarred. Kid's scared to go to school. He's pray been gaslit Tyler. by everybody. He's like Tobias in Fear of the Walking Dead, except Tobias and shit together. Yeah. Yeah, look, that scene when like when they notice when they're driving away from the house after they got in the car, and then like he's like, guys, where are you taking me? And like you, they just dump him in the middle of the road. I like felt for the kid. Like I legit felt for him. Like this poor bastard. You know what I mean? Oh my god. But yeah. Anyway, we're gonna move on to the next segment. We're gonna talk about sorry, the next section. We're gonna talk about Invincible. And you know I how long have we known each other? Probably half our lives. At least a decade. We've we been friends a long time. And I've been telling you, I've tell you we have read comics for a while now. We've read a lot of Spider Man growing up, a lot of Batman, a lot of DC Marvel, right? We read a lot of DC Marvel, me and you growing up, but we didn't read a lot of Indies. And then I read all of Invincible rapidly, of course, and I told 
Adi, I was like, man, you got to read this. It's the best comic I've ever read. Like, seriously, like, it's the only thing that comes close or is as good or is better than Spider-Man. Seriously, this is around Spider-Man. January? Yeah, like, this is when we were reading it. This is when I just, like, re- like when I finished it, I messaged mm-hmm. him. And he was like, what? He's like, I'm like, read it. And this was before the show came out. And he's like, you know, I want to watch the show. I remember, he's like, this is him. He's like, yeah. you know, I want to watch the show. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Dude watches the show and he's like, oh, whatever. Of course, like everyone's reaction. And they watch the show and he's just like mind blown. And then he's like, you know what? He just messages me out of the blue. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. I didn't want to wait for season two, so I'm just going to read it. And he's like, I'm already on issue 26. I'm like, motherfucker. He just messaged me. I just started reading. He's already on 26. How How is this like a linear progression? But yeah, no, that's crazy. So how was it? How is, how's this? And guys, we are talking, you know, gentlemen, ladies, everyone. We're talking full spoilers here. Full spoiler. We're going to talk about spoilers in the show, the comic, everything. So if you haven't read Invincible, please. We're going to spoil stuff that's even in Kirkman's head right now and hasn't been written yet. (laughs) We're going to incept Kirkman right now. Spoilers. What did did you think overall? So, I I mean, I guess it's different from you guys. I I watched the show first, then I read it, like you said. So Mm. the show is great, but we don't have to talk about that. The, the, The comic, like, hooked me from... Because I knew it was going to happen for the first, like, 12 issues, right? And then the, the pacing is a little different from the show, which I didn't mind. But I, I want to say when I got to, like, 30s, just everything, I, I couldn't stop reading. Like, I would read literally 20, 20 I issues. Th- I told you, it was right around the time that you find out about Oliver. That's when she yes, gets really yes, crazy. Yes, 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 No, like, exactly. It, it, it gets fucking crazy exactly. after that. Because people, people I, know, I know what people who are watching this show, some people are thinking, some people who haven't read the comics, they're probably like, okay, like... Omni-Man and reveal Darth Vader moment. Like, how do you top that? You can't top that. You can't top that. And I'm but like, imagine, I, you know, I, 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 Darth Vader goes to like, Kashyyyk. And, and I remember we have Chewbacca you, kids. You, <laughs> you can't top that. That's what I'm saying. It's like, bro, Invincible tops that multiple times. And, and this is what I told, I told, I told Ali, and I think we can largely agree. I was like, there's two fights that after they happen, not just in the comic, but in TV, they're never going to be forgotten. They get like some, some Dragon Ball Z, some like, you know, the most memorable fights of all time kind of shit. Yeah. And it's going to be Battle Beast versus Thrag. And yep, then Thrag versus Invincible. Like those two fights. That. Yeah. And the uh, Conquest Invincible fight as well. So oh, yeah, yeah. The Conquest yeah. Invincible fight, he was still like, it's a, it's a memorable one. But in terms of raw, just pure action, he just gets his, like, you know, his ass handed to him, right? Like he just gets deleted. But like, yeah, but then he fit, hands his face. Then he does the headbutt, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He does, <laughs> I, I know, it's epic. But like, the Thrag, like, Invincible and the Battle Beast. Like, first of all, the Battle Beast Thrag fight, last fucking game. That one alone was great. Yeah, that one I was, like, the last, so like, half a season. Do you remember, do you remember, like, do you remember the feeling of, like, we're reading, like, Invincible? And I remember telling you guys this, I was like, man, the fucking Monster Girl thing got me hooked. Like, the whole origin with her. Not the origin, but I guess the, what, what happened they doing with the Flags? Rex. Yeah. yeah, with the oh, Flags. Like, I got, I was like, I was literally, it was, like, crack for me. I was just like, I gotta know what happened. I gotta know what happened. What the fuck happened? Stop teasing me, Kirby. What the fuck happened? And then, and then we get to the part where it's, like, we we transition from that to the next storyline, and part of it is Thrag and Battle Beast like f- fighting, right? And then the other part's focusing on Terra and everything that's happening with with uh, Mark and everyone when they move to Telesphere, whatever it's called. So, man, I remember just like reading the issues rapid lightning speed just to get to those Thrag and, and Battle Beast like panels, where I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? Who's who's winning? Who's winning? You know what I mean? Like when you're watching a game or a sport and you gotta really go like pee or something, and but you really want to continue watching, it's just like super intense. That's how I felt with like Battle Beast Thrag. I was just like, man, like I gotta see what happens now. Like, this shit is insane. You know, I, I think that's what really got me hooked on Invincible too. Like other 
like you said, we used to read a lot of Spider-Man DC, like very mainstream stuff. They, they had supporting characters, but they never really got me super hooked into their lives that I wanted to know what was happening to people other than Mark, other than um, like Viltrumites. Like I was super interested in, like you said, the whole Flaxen arc when they went in there and lasted years, like hundreds years of years. Yeah, like hundreds of years. That alone could have been its own series, you know, like it's mm-hmm. it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, you get things like Terra where Terra is introduced so briefly, but she makes such a huge impact on the series. Like such a, like you feel like, holy shit, she's been there for so much longer than she has because she's such a good character. Yeah, that's that's definitely something I I would maybe want to see in the future if if they do like a series about Terra. That's or expand on her story just, more. Just do a new comic with Terra as Invincible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that happening so easily. I'm surprised it hasn't been announced yet. But as Invincible continues to pop off, it got nominated for like a Best Animated Show of the Year by some some website or something. I know I saw Mara tweet about that. I didn't follow up, but it was up there with like Animated yeah, Bob's Harley Burgers. And yeah, Bob's yeah. Burgers, that one, yeah. Or, yeah, some of that, yeah. Yeah, so it, this show's been received massively well. So I can't see why you wouldn't want to go back and, and do that. I know Kirkman's got a lot of, uh, you know, he's juggling a lot of balls right now, but... Uh, at any point, he could give us a lot of fireballs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like, I even want to see what's going on with Battle Beast's daughter. Like, one time with that with Skybound X, just see, I was saying to this the other day, Bash, but just show us Battle Beast's daughter looking for a worthy fight and just wiping out planets of people. I'm down. Yeah, like, like, I, I just like the possibilities are endless. And we've already spoken about what how we, we would love to see crossovers of like Mark and, and Radiant Black, like, for example, that would oh, just yeah. work out so well. So, there's just so much, and I really hope we get something substantial, like something a little bit substantial, or some, uh, even just a tiny morsel. Fuck it, just give me a tiny morsel, a crumb of something invincible in Like Sky one Unopen, one Unopen, yeah. or something. <laughs> I just like, like I just want to see like some invincible adjacent shit in Skybound. Just give me like one panel of Tech Jacket just like waving from space. Of I'm, I'm gonna be happy, or like you know something like that, or just like. What's his, uh, just give me like Alan in one panel, you know, just his eyeball shows up somewhere, like a Where's Wally moment. I just want to, I just love, I miss Invincible, you know what I mean? I miss having new Invincible shit. And like, the, I'm gonna, I, I, I get the reverse. It's like, I, I get both perspectives. Like, okay, you, I, I read it late. It was January when we first read it for the first time. And I sped through it, right? Like, I read it super fast. Whereas like, people like, you know, our friends over at the Invincible podcast, they read it as it was coming out. So they had the anticipation of talking about it as kind of like what we're doing with the Radiant Black right now. So I feel like both perspectives have their advantages, right? Like in the one side, we get to read it super fast and enjoy it all. On the other side, they get to like really, you know, the anticipation's high, you get to feel it as it happens. But yeah, like I wish we got to do that with Invincible. And I'm, th- that's what makes me want more. Like that's like, we want more. So Kirkman, make it happen, yeah. man. Yeah, I think a big part of the genius of Invincible, too, is, like, you see in these comics all the time, people are planting seeds to build two events. But no, this is one guy who's got a universe in his head that he's going to slowly flesh out. And so we get stuff like the Flaxons. We get the Sequids, uh, you know, taking over people. You know, the Sequids that brings us not just one game-changing element of their invasion, but also Shapesmith enters the equation there. So we get a shape-shifting hero out of it. Like, so much happens. So, like, these missions to Mars, they mean something long-term. And stuff like that. So it really just ties in and stuff like that. Like we Aquarius dies, we have to see his wife. We have to yeah. see what goes on there. There's so many storylines that just move parallel like in parallel for a long time and then eventually, you know, they will they will combine and something else will come out of it. It's great. Yeah, and yeah, we talked true. about that. Do you remember how I told you 
when I was trying to get you to read the comics, I was like, this is different because you're like, what makes it so good? I was like, this is different because it's consequential. Like, this, yeah. like, like it's not like DC or Marvel where they're going to fucking retcon something after years. There's a new crisis and <laughs> everything's that. Oh, like, you know, this is different. And that's different. Not, not that never happened. Like, no, like everything in Invincible. The only thing I remember saying, which was kind of awkward, but I've grown to a little bit appreciate, but I wish we knew more about was the, the time jump, right? The time jump was weird. And I remember telling you, brace yourself for that because that's weird. Remember how like. I'd like to. Towards the end, the five-year time jump. Yeah, yeah, like after, like when Eve ends up like having a new boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 And it's like that's what I I agree with y'all. And the thing, the other thing I told you was that the characters in the series are so good, so so much so that they're like Marvel characters where you grow to care about the other heroes and not just the main hero. And like Invincible, like for me, my favorite character is Terra. Like straight up, my favorite character is Terra. The whole thing. So it's like. I've grown to appreciate so many of the characters. I love all the characters. Seriously, all of them. Even the asshole ones. They're all amazing. Like Machine Head. Fucking Machine Head. Like only a series like Invincible can make you love something stupid like Machine Head. And he's just, he's not even like a major character. It's like, this is just one bullet point. No, he shows up, he shows thing. up in Capes before too. He shows up in Capes way before he appears in Invincible. Like he's, oh, yeah. the, that's what makes this a masterpiece too, is that there's all these Invincible adjacent titles that are so good too. Like Brit, Astounding, Wolfman, Brit. Tech Jacket, you know, Brilliant. Guarding the Globe. Yeah. Like you got all these amazing titles and they're all so funny and so good. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I just, I, I love the world that he's created and like, if I did a tier list of the characters, like sitting in S tier is a lot of characters. Like Cecil's amazing, Alan, Battle Beast, Nolan, like Omni Man, Nolan Grayson is one of the Rex, best villains. Rex, even though he's like a huge piece of shit, Rex up there. Rex is like one of the best. Like Rex, Rex, like, or the like, original Rex, Rex? OG Rex. Yeah, no, like so overall, just Rex. Like no, no, like Robot Rex. That's the okay, one I'm talking about. Yeah, Rex, yeah, Robot, both, yeah. both of them, both of them. We're talking about Rex Blood and Rex. Like yeah. Robot Rex is one of the best antagonists in comics, in my opinion. Like, he's I just agree. Like a motherfucker. He's such a motherfucker. Like he's such a like justify in a lot of ways like, i don't want to say just that's kind of wrong but like you know what i mean he does, he's self-justifying he justifies yeah. it in his own head so he's, the end justifies yeah. the means with him exactly yeah. like yeah. He, and, he, and in a lot of ways he convinces everyone that that is the case kind of like the governments and shit and like you know and it's like holy fuck like you, he you, in a lot of ways you want to hate him but he does make difference that's that i guess that's what i'm trying to say and, and it's, it's like, hard too because you've yeah. you've grown attached to him for like a hundred something issues at that point he literally yeah. takes up the name of another character who we all yeah. love. Like, like literally, like, you know what I mean? That like, gives you an idea. But yeah, what were you going to say, Matt? Well, it's like he's like Cecil without the tether to humanity, right? Or whatever. Like, it's like he he does things like Cecil does a lot for the greater good, but he wouldn't like, OK, let's nuke a whole city. I don't think Cecil would be so quick to jump to that. Or that's what he suggests in the TV show, at least. Yeah, no, 100 percent. He's like Cecil Unchained and Cecil's already pretty fucking like questionable, right? Like he's willing. He's an ends justify the means kind of guy. But even he thinks Rex goes like above and beyond. But, but a lot of them used to say like, and I, I don't like I don't know. What do you guys think about this? But when we would read the comic, like Rex himself would say Rex being robot and other characters would say that if Cecil were here, he would agree with what I'm saying or what I'm doing. And in a lot of cases, I can't help but, like, agree with that. Like, like Cecil would agree with what Robot's doing. Some stuff. Maybe not all yeah. the methods, but the end result. Because it's about results. And at the end of the day, when you think about Cecil, he did the same shit. Like, he did the same shit. Especially when you watch the show. He unleashed a motherfucking kaiju 
you know, on someone. He was spying on them the whole time, including a civilian who's like Debbie, right? So, like, Cecil does do this shit. Rex just took it to the next level. He just globalized it, right? He globalized it. Cecil was focused a lot. He, I know he was focused on the globe, but he couldn't globalize it to the level that Rex could with his intelligence, with his software, his technology. So, if you think about it, isn't Rex just like hardcore Cecil like, with a little bit of less morals, more calculated? Yeah, I can, I can, I can agree with that. Yeah, and I feel like, what's his name, Um, Cecil was a little bit limited too because he was technically like still part of the U.S. government, right? But Rex just took over the whole world. He was the supreme leader. Yeah, and then, you know, we got Freddie Mercury and Thrag, and, you know, I'm so, (laughs) this is one thing I just want to clarify. Batman, like, you know, part of a big, the big appeal of characters like Batman and Spider-Man that really puts them in the revered, exalted status (laughs) above, uh, you know, all the other heroes that, uh, you know, are like considered A A tier, B tier, whatever. Why are like Batman and Spider Man S tier, for example, just to name two amongst others? It's because not only are they amazing characters with an amazing ensemble around them of, of, of superheroes like like the Bat Family or the Spider Family or the Spider Verse that emerged out of Spider Man, but Spider Man and Batman have the most iconic villains in pop culture. And that's that's another reason people love them. They love their villains. Having a hero, a good superhero, also means having good like villains, right? Good good antagonists. Yeah. And There's a reason the Joker is as big as he yeah. is. Exactly, yeah. Joker or or Venom, for example. Venom's huge. He's he's spun off into being his own character. He has his own comic. He has his own movies. We have all Even these Venom's characters. got his own villains that are fucking amazing. That's exactly. Yeah. So there you go. So we're looking at like, these characters are huge and they have a huge ensemble around them, both villains and heroes. And I think part of the appeal of Invincible is that not only are the heroes and the other you know, the cast of supporting characters around him incredible, but the villains are all memorable. Like seriously, Universa, uh, uh, what, what's his name? Uh, Brog, uh, even like Battle Beast at the beginning. Conquest. Oh my God, Conquest! <laughs> ah, yeah. Conquest! Tyrant, Power Powerplex. Powerplex. That Powerplex is a really good one. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, seismic. Giant. Doc Seismic. And yeah. uh, Doc Seismic is kind of like one of his arch rivals, right? Kind of like. Uh, and Angstrom, what's his name? Angstrom, Levy, maybe. Angstrom, Angstrom is Levy. the Green Goblin. Angstrom is the Green Goblin to his Spider-Man. I don't care. I can't Angstrom wait. Angstrom is the Norman Osborn, man. Hundred percent. The way his when his face is smashed in uh, too, like his face is like kind of cut in half and sewn back together, like or at least his jaw, like ah, oh, it's so gruesome. But like it's so like there's consequences. Like if 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 Angstrom gets fucked up, he's not coming back the same. He's gonna have the brain head and worse going on. Like it's great. You feel the fights and everything matters. Everything that happens. Yeah, and man, these villains, you remember them. Like no one reads Invincible and like forgets about Dinosaurus, forgets about Angstrom, forgets about, you know, Powerplex, forgets about Universa. Universa was there for like three, four issues, but even she was so memorable because she was so cool. So it's like all these villains were incredible. All of them were seriously like genuinely memorable. Niece. And they, they all yeah. have their own story too. Like they own they all have their own thing going on apart from their relationship to like Invincible or other like heroic characters, you know? Like the Mahler twins, they have their own I don't want to say side story, but they have their own like thing they're doing throughout the whole series. And it didn't always end in a flavor of the week. Oh, a new villain, beat him up, yeah. send him to jail. Universa, do you remember how they solved that crisis by like talking to her intelligently and being like, how can I help you? <laughs> do yeah. you remember that? It was yeah, such yeah. a cool approach in a comic book. It was like, instead of me beating your ass, like, he just goes to the cells. Like, instead of me beating your ass, how about we talk and maybe I can give you what you need? You know, he's like, why don't you try asking? And I'm like, Same thing with Allen. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, 
this is awesome. Like we don't we don't see that. And, it, and it's like these like these like you know the the what happens as a result of these actions they have consequences. They're not they're not just like forgotten. It's not just like oh blah blah blah. Like no like Invincible carries them on, and we see that we see that a lot in Invincible. And I love that. And I think that's what made this like this comic book such a memorable thing. That's why it's gonna wow continue to wow audiences on the the small screen because. It, it's good it's it's doing that so effectively in the animated series even even when we saw what do you call it the transition from uh from comic book to tv show we see that on the tv show they did take some liberties with pacing like i said but everything all the liberties they took i would argue they they improved upon the initial right like i think they, it worked they, really well even the things yeah. they added like the the train scene that was it was really good yeah. better yeah yeah exactly so yeah, I can't no, wait they improved so. it. Like, I don't think, I don't even think Kirkman can improve the ending of the comic because it was perfect. But if they do, then it's gonna be one of the best series finales in television history for sure. Like, yeah, that's we, not. We already know believe. Dark Blood's going to hell, so we already got some improvements <laughs> yeah. there, right? Like, we he already told us we're getting that. Come on, like, we're we're lucky, man. We're, this is the age of Kirkman right now, or it's fine, the, the television age of Kirkman because it's like. He's been taken over with Walking Dead. Well, no, this is the streaming you know, age of Kirkman now. We've yeah. done the television decade. That was last decade. No, the streaming yeah. decade. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. So, uh, yeah. I, I was just going to say, yeah. I, I love Kirkman. Like, I used to watch a lot of Walking Dead before I read the comics, and he would be on the Talking Dead, and he's always there, like, talking shit. Like, he's, he would just be a straight-up troll. Like, he knows he has all the answers, and he can't reveal much. Like, he's just having the time of his life. Like, he, he is the everyman, really, of comics, where, like, he just kind of, like, writes stuff straightforward. Like, he really, I don't know, like, it's it's this weird kind of, like, I don't know, like, blue collar is probably not the right word for it, but, like, it's just so grounded. It doesn't try to be too fancy. If it is fancy, like, it's snuck up on you, like, oh, wow, like, robot's ending, he's like, a, he's like a brain in the chair at the end, like, wow, that's, like, perfectly poetic. But, like, he just has a way of, like, not trying to go over the top like sell you a justice league arc that's like 26 issues and by the you know, halfway through you're like okay well this is this is a little much not 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 exactly like not that i'm referring to the uh, perpetual arc at all but uh, that's exactly what i'm talking about yeah yeah no yeah. totally and uh, that's the thing and and part of this love we have for invincible you know the the enjoyment of the series how happy were you when we you know when i when i when i because I, I, I think it was I showed you, uh, I showed Ali, and I think Matt's seen it for himself, but when we first saw the solicit for Radiant Black, and it was like, this is a series for fans of Invincible, fans of, you know, Power Rangers, and, you know, this is this, it's a new, you know, a new superhero for a new, uh, what do you call it, a new uh, generation or something like that, and, you know, Kyle, he said he didn't come up with that phrase, but he was happy to use it, so, but the idea is, how psyched were you, I, immediately, when I looked at, you know, Radiant Black number one, the cover by Michael Cho, I was like, this is giving me invincible vibes, but it's also like its own thing. Like this looks like very much something new and I can't wait to read it. It gave me that like, <gasps> you know, like that, that image spark. What did you guys think? Go for it. Um, I mean, I would say that it's hard for me to get hooked on certain things. Like I, I can't really quantify it, but invincible definitely did it for me. And like back in the day, Spider-Man did it for me and radiant black easily did it. Like with the, within the first issue i was just i felt really attached to the characters i wanted to learn more about the universe i guess that's what it is like when you leave me wanting more that's when i just can't like i can't wait for the next one to come i can't wait to learn more about what's going to happen to people the world i love that yeah no for sure i i mean i spoke about the first issue a few times on this podcast but yeah 
Um, I enjoyed the first issue quite a bit. And with comics, it's hard, like, waiting a month in between issues and stuff like that. I really did enjoy it. I mean, the writing hit close to home, you know, with, like, the being a writer and all that kind of stuff. So, like, it, it felt like, you know, it, it felt pretty personal and stuff like that. And I enjoyed it. Like, I think that Higgins nails the dynamic of, like, two friends and, like, you know, we're in that era of, like, you know, mid-20s and stuff like that. So it kind of is perfectly suited to where we're at in life and stuff. But, no, it, it's super sweet. The costume design is really sweet. Like, it's cool sci-fi mixed with, um, you know, uh, you know, the modern superhero tale. Like, what's not to love? So, yeah, I, I loved it. And going back and reading it now with, you know, the uh, later material, it's only an improve. It's only improved. They only like it more. So I think it ages really well. And, yeah, I, I love the first issue. And I think four and five actually just dial it up to, like, the next level. But it's a hell of a series. Yeah, four and five took it to a next level. It, I, I can't like that's the thing. I, can it even get higher at this point? I'm sure it can. I can't wait. Yeah, to see. Higgins fucking with us, man. Higgins 100 mind fucked me. Higgins mind fucked me. I'll tell you, like, like I, I'm 100 convinced that's what he's doing. Cause I'm like, I'm on Twitter and I'm like, uh, Twitter. Sorry, I'm on Twitter. Obviously, I'm, I'm active on Twitter. I host of the Rated Black podcast with with Matt. We're both co-hosts and. We have, you know, he's running the Rainy Black Twitter. I'm running my own Twitter. We have the Rainy Black Discord running. If you, uh, we'll put a link up somewhere with with this uh, episode. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out. Lots of cool stuff happening on Rainy Black Discord. Higgins is in it. Uh, a lot of creators. Igor Monti. We got Marcelo Costa. Becca Becca is in Carey. It. Becca Carey. Yeah, Michael Basudo. Everyone's in it. So if you want to come, enjoy, have a good time, talk Rainy Black, talk other Toku stuff. People talk all kinds of shit in there. We can talk comics, music, all kinds of shit. Come enjoy it. Just be respectful. Everyone's welcome. But yeah, you know, we talk about Rating Black with Higgins, and I'm 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 convinced he's mind fucking us because on the one hand, I'm trying to like I'm trying to like meta think this bitch. I'm trying to be like, okay, what what is he trying to do here? Because like obviously now by being on Twitter, he's revealing certain things. He'd be like, okay, this is what like issue six is gonna call uh, be called, right? Like red, or this is like an extra panel that's not on the solicits, or you know, awesome stuff. And I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure, because he reads the messages. I don't know if he reads them all, but I'm pretty sure he reads some of them. And if you go to the latest issue discussion, he could just read whatever the fuck we're theorizing and then mindfuck us anyway, right? Like, he could just go, oh, yeah, you're thinking that? Well, here you go. <laughs> it's like straight up, like, he could just read that and be like, nope, I'm just going to change that, going to change that. And I, I feel I feel it's kind of, like, beneficial, right? Like, you can get an idea of where the theories are going and what people you can are thinking. You check the pulse of the community. Yeah, like, do you remember, like, Donnie Cates did something similar, right? Initially, I don't know if anyone knows this, but Cates said this himself. He said that the Venom that was supposed to end his run and become Venom was Miles. Miles was supposed to become Venom at the end of the run. But, like, they couldn't go that route. So they had Dylan become uh, Venom. Spoiler alert. Sorry, I'm sorry. Dylan became Venom. Although it's been weeks at this point, so it's, it's out there. And, you know, Do- Donnie changed a few things in some of the recent venom issues where people figured out what happened before it came out so he made some changes and like in this case higgins has that like gift right he, he can just see what we're, we're thinking and he can if someone's guessed something right he could probably tweak it a little bit so at least that, that's another thing that lets you know that he's always gonna have a surprise nobody's been able like we, we you you guys have heard our everyone's heard our episodes right everyone who's listens to this podcast has heard our episodes they've heard what theories we have and they know what we're thinking and so far, we're always wrong. And it's it's lovely. Seriously, it's, it's a good thing because we never know what the fuck is happening. When was the last time you could read a comic book, other than Invincible, of course, and you could be genuinely surprised? Like, the solicits don't spoil shit. You're just genuinely surprised at what's happening the next If the, the solicits do spoil shit, they'll go out of their way to say, hey, guys, watch out for solicits for issue seven. Yeah, it's, it's my fuck. 
It's my like, fuck. Do you remember solicits for issue five? The, the pages they put in the solicits were like from halfway through the book. So, so like, yeah. normally they're from the start, right? The first two or three pages. Those were from like three quarters into the book. So it's like a mind fuck. He, he's, he knows. He knows what he's doing. The whole the whole thing so far is like mindfuck after mindfuck. You lose the main character in like what issue three it was. Four. Yeah. And Four, then yeah. the the, the radiant black changes. It's like the person I've been attached to so far that I'm gonna think is gonna be like the main they character of the series. Like they boom, he's gone. It's like the hook is the first three issues. That's the fishing line, right? It's trying yeah. to hook hook all the fishes in, right? And then by issue four, it's like ha ha, you know, like straight up, just everyone gets fucked. And I'm just like, man, like. I remember me and Matt were shocked because we're like, we just got invested into these characters. We, we, we've really grown to talk and love Nathan, talk about and love Nathan. And now he's just gone. Like, he's gone. Yeah, the we'll he's, a, he's a vegetable right now. The we'll it's it's yeah. up to Kathy to become the new Radiant Black and then save the day. But uh, one thing you <laughs> mentioned with uh, all the theory talk and how Higgins can, uh, can check out all the theories. See, that's why I have a new extra secret theories channel where we just talk in Morse code and good luck uh, flying that. So <laughs> we'll see, uh, see if we can catch on that. But no, uh, it's subverting your expectations in the best way, right? Like it's it's in ways that aren't like depressing. I'm not even going to, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to get into other subversions of expectations, but I think it's perfect where it's something you never even considered. And it's just, it's like, oh shit, that's where we're going. We're really doing this now. And there's, oh, wait, we're going to get two Radiants now out of the blue, like literally out of a portal. And we have two Radiants now, we have portal tech. Like, I'm looking forward to seeing where you have freaking, uh, uh, you have Marshall, like, use gravity to control a car. And then she opens up a portal, Radiant Pink, and then it drops right on their head and shit. Like, oh, there's so much cool combo shit we can do. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's wild. And the thing is, it's it's almost similar to, like, remember Invincible and reading Invincible and we're like, we find out for the first time there's a coalition of planets. And you're like, holy shit. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like the scope of this series just grew so much larger, right? Like it blows your mind. And then that's what happened here with Radiant Black. Like every issue, the scope of the series just it, it becomes huge. And then you got Higgins saying shit like, "You guys don't even know what this is yet. Like you, none of you know what this is." You know what I mean? Like, like, like he's like, "You think you know, but you don't." And I'm just like, "Uh, okay." Yeah, you see him and Basudo sitting on their wealth of answers there, just smiling and like kind of chuckling and joking about stuff that they may or may not do. They joke about every four issues they kill the main character and stuff like that. They're gleefully laughing as we just wait to see what they do next. They're in George R. R. Martin territory now where it's like, you know, uh, just wait, don't fall in love with that character or whatever. Nobody's safe. There are no rules. No, yeah. I, I, Michael, I just want to give a shout out to Michael Basudo. He's he's an MVP of, of this whole Radiant Black. He's just... I just love Michael. I think I think he's amazing. He's I think hilarious. he's he's always hilarious. He brings an amazing presence to the screen and to the po- podcast. Every time he's talking, I love it. And uh, yeah, just shout out Michael. Thank you, man. Yeah, Thank and you he hosts the Ranger Danger podcast. So if you're a Power yeah. Rangers fan, definitely fire that every week. Boy. Every week they've done like what 700 something episodes now or something like that. Every week they have it uh, uploaded on time. Check it out if you're a fan of the Power Rangers. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. I, yeah, Basudo's fantastic. The whole team is is great, and it's really oh, yeah. cool to see them interact in the Discord. Like, if you're a fan of the podcast, you owe it to yourself to join that Discord. Yeah, Bash said he's going to put up a link, but, like, it's amazing. There's, like, 100 or so members now. Sometimes you'll see, you know, exclusive stuff, exclusive preview kind of stuff. So definitely uh, hop in there for some fun discussion with like-minded people. Yeah, and I just want to say, like, you know, Rain and Black, it's just – it were, you know, even the vibes from the suit, and we talked about this before, like seeing how the suit is kind of similar to the Invincible in some ways. It has that aesthetic, but it's also very much its own. And speaking of 
Matt and I, we have something exciting in the works. Uh, some really exciting art for the podcast in the works. And I can't wait to show it off. I don't want to spoil anything yet, but let's just say we're super, super excited to show everyone. Yeah, it should be should we be ready to go for the next issue of the podcast when we talk issue five, issues yeah, issue six. Six, yeah. That's yeah. when we'll uh we'll reveal it. It's really cool. It's uh Bash's idea. It's uh we went with an artist, uh Katie McDonald, who does some awesome artwork. She's done the artwork for all of my podcasts. Uh she's really talented. I'm really excited to uh show you guys what she did. And uh you'll you know, if you're listening to this in retrospect, you can probably just look at your phone right now. <laughs> but uh no, uh that's gonna be really sweet and I'm excited to see it's for you guys to see it. Yeah, and, you know, I just want to say, how excited is everyone for Radiant Black 6? We're finally going to get a look at Radiant Red. And, my God, like, were you were you guys expecting it to be a woman? No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, I got, I got, we, we've all, we've all, at this point, Mara, uh, Derek from the Weekly Pulls, we, you know, we have, everyone's talked about the boobage, <laughs> the boob issue of like there was no boobs that. there was no boobs before issue five but now there's boobs and yeah it was it was brought up on the discord it was like wait so so wait where did the boobs come from and uh, yeah it was artistic liberties but everyone thinks everyone thinks that and i think this is a good reason right everyone thinks that because uh satomi is you know raiding banks and stealing money that part of her matter uh whatever it is the power with matter where she could you know basically she can make herself look different and stronger so that she can disguise herself and i like that explanation i think that makes a lot of sense so i'm gonna go with that one for now but uh yeah i was, I was so surprised like i was just the, the funny thing was that like you're reading the issue and you got this gorgeous amazing illustrated panel from uh marcelo Ca- uh, sorry from uh eduardo farigato because i think he was still doing that page where she's just like confused, right? She just looks like confused and like, what the hell is going on? Like, I just wanted to scare him. And I'm just like, that was my exact face when I was reading that moment. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I kind of want to see more of Radiant Pink and Radiant Yellow. It kind of, I'm... Well, we got their names. We got their names. Oh, we do? Yeah. What are they? Uh, Radiant Pink is Ava and... What was uh, Radiant Yellow's Wendell? Okay, cool. I, I dig those names. Those are those are pretty sweet. So yeah, um, no, I didn't know about that. That's pretty sweet. They got their names. That's cool. I, I'm looking yeah, forward well, to seeing more. Yeah, last episode Radio Radio. Yeah, I still have to watch that. Uh, so yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be watching that, and we'll probably talk about it on the next uh, podcast. But yeah, no, uh, I'm excited to see more of them. But Radiant Red's backstory, I think that's gonna be good. I think people might be sleeping like, oh, I kind of want to see these other characters, but I think they'll do a really cool job with. Uh, Radiant Red, and you had a theory about what they might do with Radiant Red, didn't you? Well, Mara pointed some things out. She's a fucking genius. I don't know if you haven't been following Mara. I believe at the Flannel Death on Twitter. Some really wonderful, wonderful. She's a good eye for comic detail. book. Oh yeah, just wonderful member of the comic book community. She's she's just awesome. She loves talking about Invincible, Radiant Black. You know, a lot of cool Kirkman stuff. Recently, we we you know we've been talking. She's she's part of our Discord too, of course, and. She pointed out that there's a Radiant Red account on Twitter and it only follows two people. And one of those people, and I'm sorry, I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing this. I believe it's uh, Cherish Chen. Yeah, Is that how? Yeah. yeah. So, so, and she's a co-writer on Radiant Black issue number six, uh, helping with uh, Satomi's origin. So 
it, she, 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 Mara pointed that out, and she, she speculated that maybe we get Radiant, a Radiant Red spinoff from Radiant Black after Radiant Black issue number six. And the more and more we like look at some of the stuff out there, the more and more that seems like maybe it is a possibility. Like maybe, right? Like there's some good weight to that kind of thought. So yeah, maybe like that. Wouldn't that be awesome? Get a Radiant Red spinoff with uh, Chen and La Fuente, uh, David Lafuente. Like that would be amazing. The one thing that makes me think this is possible, another thing is there's no Radiant Pink and Radiant Yellow Twitter accounts yet, at least not that I've seen. So I mean, she's she's definitely the most like expanded upon um, Radiant other than Black. You got the, the most. first issue. Yeah. 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 And yeah, so we've seen that issue six is going to be mostly focused on uh, Satomi and her origins, and they've already showed us. And this, you know, we didn't have a chance to talk about this last episode because it hadn't happened yet, but they've already showed us some sneak panels from issue seven but costa posted a, a work in progress on the discord and my god did you see it of glitchy glitchy yeah that's sweet like we don't even know who the main villain is but yeah i it was a treat to see that and you know costa's artwork is always amazing so yeah it's a nice little like look at the the glitch guy and and you were saying that he uses he has like all the colors of all the different radiants i don't know this is a theory this is the theory but if you look at some of the pages on uh on radiant black number five just a sec so yeah i I just grabbed my copy if you look at some of the pages on radiant black number five specifically if you look at the very last page if you look at his right arm uh, sorry his left arm i guess because he's facing us his left arm is red similar to the mecha or the hulk buster mode that uh, radiant red had earlier and his other arm is kind of like Radiant Black's arm, where it's white at the front, just normal. He's also glowing green. Like, you see little green glitches around uh, the page. Mm. And his blades are pink. Like, the energy emanating from his blades are pink. So, uh, and his visor. He has a visor, which is similar to Radiant Yellow. And the visor itself looks pinkish-reddish in that image. So maybe, maybe he has like all their powers combined because he does say you have something that is not yours and mm. you will lose all your lives. You're, uh, sorry, you will all lose your lives. Unfortunate, but necessary. You have no choice but one. And he's like, when we see him in that page, his boots are just appearing out of thin air. So maybe that's kind of like somewhat a version of Radiant Pink's. And if you look at the energy, right, like look at his boots and the energy mm. around his boots, they're pink. Do you see that? The, the little like ray, light, light rays? They're pink. Yeah. So maybe he's teleported in. Maybe he has all their powers combined. That's so why maybe, he's so confident he's going to fuck them up. Maybe there's like a place with like all the radiants are just one and they all split out in the different colors and stuff like that. Like he, He's also it. glowing green. Like we haven't seen anything green, right? He's glowing a little bit green. Like when you see the glitches, they're kind of pink and green. Yeah. So yeah. So, yeah, I think there's something to that. Maybe I'm wrong. because I someone... think he's a scroll, and they're teasing that, because scroll is green, too. That's what I think. <laughs> but he's, like, a super scroll. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. But, no, I, I think maybe there's something to that, right? Like, maybe there's something to that. Maybe he has all their powers, or or some, some iteration of all their powers combined. Yeah, I can see it, and that would definitely make a, for a massive threat. You know, uh, Wendell said that they tried everything. You know, you better level up real quick because I tried everything or whatever, and it didn't work. Yeah. So it looks like we're heading that way. Yeah, I just wanted to point that out. So, yeah, and, you know, Radiant Black, it's been just crazy. Like, how do you even describe this? It's just cosmic awesomeness? Yeah, it's it's just, it's like, sci-fi that's greatest. It's got, like, 
some good Green Lantern Venom vibes in it, you know, Power Rangers for like, you know, people our age and stuff like that, basically. And, you know, not shitting on people that enjoy Power Rangers, you know, that are like, that are our age and older, like, obviously enjoy whatever you want, go for it. But yeah, this just feels like something that's like, it's more like adult issues and stuff like that. It's not like kids in high school. It's like, these are adults that have dealt with like death and like real things that people deal with. And what would happen if you just get a, a power? you know, a new ability and how would that change your life uh, and how would that end your life if you're Nathan? So, you know, it's cool stuff. Um, I was just looking at the, um, the page you were saying about the new radiant with the, all the powers. It looks like he has holsters too. Yeah. He has a gun. He yeah. has a gu- he has two guns on yeah. his right, right side. Yeah. And, but like, look at, look at the Mecca arm, the left arm, it's like red. And then look at the Hulk buster a few pages above. It looks very similar. So you can basically just, like, one friggin', like, really strong arm, like, Morty style, and just, like, knock him out and stuff, <laughs> like, you're set. Yeah. <laughs> this, exactly. I don't know, man. It just looks, he has a very unique look to him. And he's also, like, all kinds of colors. Like, he's black and white. He also has, like, a little bit of pink in his boots, some red in his arms. His, his blades have pink energy. His visor's pink. You know what I mean? Is, do you think that's him flying in the trailer? Uh, in like the trailer with the Crisis Couture song, where he's like flying up in the air. Is that him or Radiant Black? I have no idea, but there's a scene in the trailer, and I'm like 100% sure it's part of the fight scene where he gets a laser beam in the ass. It's like right after you see him for the first time, he just gets like a beam, a blue beam in his ass. What if that's like Nathan returning? I'm obviously exaggerating. Obviously. <laughs> it, it could it could just be like could just be Marshall hitting him in the I ass. I think it's right? a it's a Dan Harmon reference. Laser fire is like a big thing, you know, channel one oh one, so you never know. I think he's just a big channel one oh one fan. Yeah, but yeah, no, like we're looking at the Radio Black trailer and there's a lot to dig into, like in the trailer. There's a lot of stuff we still haven't seen. So yeah, you make a good point. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe there's more to that. For sure. I, I I, like I, I keep saying the sky's the limit, but you know it, it we're beyond that point now. Like it's a great sci-fi world; you can do whatever. We've got we've got portals now. We could definitely open up wormholes. We, I want to see what's inside a black hole. I want to see the origins. Let's go to Oa. Let's see what's going on with these black oh. holes. Like there's so much cool shit in the future for this. Like uh, Higgins says he has like what like 25 issues planned out, and I believe him. And I know he's got some really cool stuff in there because he's you know kind of like you know you're working for marvel there and they want you to create a new villain and stuff like that and you've just drawn spawn and you're like i'm gonna keep this to myself and maybe put it in something more awesome and i think that's what he's done with radiant black and some concepts and i'm looking forward to it yo i just sent you both a message on discord that's Mm. a scene from that's a scene from the trailer he's red there wait that's him that's him that's him oh Oh, yeah see this trailer it's it's been like our um what's what's the word um, radiant encyclopedia <laughs> yeah um, radiant tome i don't know was that a stone basically for like trying to figure out what's going on in the book and try to like place stuff and relate and see what's going on there like it's issued it, so far it's had stuff that's relevant to at least the first five issues and beyond so they've really thought ahead had the stuff drawn out and it's really cool to be able to speculate and figure out where what fits and stuff like that and that's what makes me excited in a similar vein to uh, Invincible uh, with Radiant Black. Like, we were talking earlier about the scope of Invincible, and that the scope of Radiant Black seems to be getting bigger with each issue, but not only that. And, like, if you've been listening to interviews with Higgins or his appearances on podcasts or just, you know, in general, wherever he speaks, he's been talking about how he has, like, a year or two of this planned. Like, him, you know, Basudal and Higgins have planned a large portion of this, including Acosta, obviously, and everyone involved with the book. So... You think about that and you think this guy isn't just trying to like 
write a, a fucking 15 issue maxi series or whatever this guy's trying to write an ongoing series a creator owned ongoing series basically like his own kind of invincible but like make you know his own thing it's different but that's what i'm saying like how invincible was 144 issues this might be something like a long series with kyle higgins i'm personally hoping we get at least 100 issues i really hope so and you know one way to make that happen is to show your support for this comic book series recently kyle mentioned how every issue has sold out and part of that is because of the difficult uh difficult task of threading you know the world's thinnest like needle which is trying to figure out how much to order for people and not have excess so i understand but he's saying you know thankfully a, a good part of that uh selling out of every printing is having new printings with new covers and radiant black we've talked about before how it has one of the best cover games comics right now. I don't know if we mentioned this last episode. I can't remember. But I don't know if you've seen the motherfucking second print of number five. But holy shit. Holy um, shit. Which one is that? that? That's the Conquest homage. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've seen yeah, that. Yeah, that, that one's sweet amazing. as hell. I mean, it's it's been selling out in my local comic book store. At least number four and five when I went to get them. Uh, my my buddy uh, Alan there, who's uh, in the Discord and stuff like that, he went to go check out the issues at Subcity Comics in Dublin, Ireland, and they were all sold out there. So that's a oh, good wow. sign. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the same here. I recently I went to the comic book store today and yesterday, uh, yesterday for the new books of the week, and I went to check the Radio Black section. I grabbed uh, another issue, number five, just because. Why not? And uh, I noticed that there was, like, no more number five on the shelf. There was a number four, a number three, a number two. And last time I was in there, there were four copies of number one, including, like, additional printings. They were all gone. So people are buying that shit up. It's gaining traction. Yeah, I went in there and bought, like, one through five. Actually, I bought three of number three because of an idiot, but the two of number three. But, uh, yeah. So other than that, that's not me buying the copies there. So it's selling well and it's just good word of mouth right like i've never heard someone say oh don't read her in your black it's trash like it's got really good reception yeah and surprisingly i think it was a tweet from uh, james tynan uh where he recently said you know what are some of your favorite uh non-dc marvel comics that you look forward to the most right now and i i said like once in future firepower rating black and when i was scrolling through the feed to see and get a sense of what other people were reading a lot i was pleasantly surprised and you know happy to see that a lot of people were suggesting radiant black yeah it's it's just a great series that's radiating throughout the comic industry just spreading some love and some good stories and some readable characters like it's it's great like you know, even it's given a platform to the Unleashed for them to, you know, tell their story and get people interested in, in, in their story. Like, it's got cool art, and I, I enjoyed that. And uh, Marshall School of Business, even, like, their end stories have been amazing. Like, I just love the Marshall School of Business. Can't say enough about that. Oh, yeah. Like, that's another thing. The backup stories in this issue are awesome. And they kind of remind me of, like, certain small, like, you know, there were issues, side issues of Invincible including number zero where every few issues were origins and they were so cool but this is like a cool spin-off of just like funny ass random stories you know i've been really pleasant enjoying that i'm always looking forward to more and what are you guys looking forward to with radiant black moving forward i want to learn more about like existence and what do you call it like the radiant they see inside the big robot yeah. mecca whatever yeah mecca? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. A whole issue inside that existence area would be sweet, but it would probably kill Costa. So I'm okay with not getting it. No, I mean, yeah, for sure. We're trying to discover the mystery of existence, and 
Uh, me personally, I just, I'm looking forward to, and I think you mentioned this earlier, I'm looking forward to learning more about uh, reading pink and reading yellow. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I want to see sure. what happens to Nathan, too. Fucking Nathan, man. Poor Nathan. Poor Nathan. I want to see if uh, the radiance confuse. Like, if you can see, like, red and, uh, you know, if, like, green and blue can mix and make yellow or whatever. I, I had to make sure I had to, like, check my color wheel mentally there for a second. But, yeah, it'd be cool if you could see them, like, like mixed together, right? I mean, we've seen, like, Fantastic Four characters kind of merging together and, like, you know, that uh, that not-so-great sequel there <laughs> where they all became, like, one person. It'd be cool if they could actually... I mean, Bash, you mentioned, like, the Voltron thing. Like, we're probably definitely going to get giant mechs in this at some point, so oh, I think that's God. in the future. We're going to go full yeah. fusion. Oh, yeah. It, there's that scene in the trailer as well towards the very end where he's in space and he almost, like, merges into the mecha and just unleashes, like, a cosmic explosion. And I'm just like, God damn, I want to see this. Like, some singularity shit. I want to see that. And, yeah, no... Uh, there's just so much to look forward to, and yeah, whatever we think we're on the hint of if something, or you know, we got we caught a whiff of something, we're just wrong. So, and it's it's wrong in the best way possible, and I love that. So yeah, like there's so much to look forward to uh, with Radiant Black, and do we, you know, moving forward, Radiant Black is going to, you know, we we already said the first year is planned out. Where do you think it's gonna go after we deal with Glitchy Guy? Or who? But yeah, who do we think Glitch Guy is? I I have no idea. I mean, maybe they'll take the form of Nathan just to fuck with people if he can project an image. <laughs> that I think that'd be really cool. And what if that, it's Kathy? I was just about to say that. I was like, it's <laughs> Kathy, yeah. I mean, I've been the biggest Kathy truther on that podcast since <laughs> she was, came out last uh, last month. But like. <laughs> that'd be wild that'd be like what if it's kathy she showed up to the hospital to finish the job goddamn <laughs> get the pillow over there and then yeah <laughs> i mean I, like again we go back to scrolls but it could just be like the scene on the freaking subway in the captain marvel movie where she sees the old lady there oh you know? yeah i forgot about that yeah, no <laughs> wonder people hate captain marvel we got her beating old ladies and stuff god damn it at least Stanley got. The I, I say I that. say this as a big Captain Marvel fan. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm like one of the few people locally who still buys the Captain Marvel comic. I love that shit. But uh, yeah, um, let's 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 talk briefly about uh, Ordinary Gods before we wrap this up. But uh, Ordinary Gods, and I know you both haven't read yet, so I'm not gonna bring it up. But I just want to say first of all, thank you to Higgins because I literally, with no expectation, seriously, I just let out a tweet that, or did I let out a tweet? No, I tweeted out. I didn't let out a tweet. I tweeted out. I didn't let it out. I tweeted out. I was going to say tweet- something you like, should have said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you did. I tweeted out that I was super excited to read Ordinary Gods by, you know, by Kyle, by Felipe, by everyone involved in the book, uh, Clayton Cowles, and Who's who's doing the inking on the book? I I was really excited for Ordinary Gods, and I just wanted to say, you know, I just wanted to say that in on this on uh, Twitter, and I tweeted out that I can't wait to go to my local comic book store, pick up the new issue. Uh, sorry, issue one of Ordinary Gods. It's top of my pull, uh, top of my read list. I can't wait to get to it. Next thing I know, a Higgins just slides into my DM and sends me issue one and two in a Dropbox. And first of all, I just want to say thank you so much, Kyle. Thank you so much. I really wasn't expecting anything, and I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I love. Or, oh yeah, like seriously. 
And, and he did that to a lot of people. Like he sent out a tweet earlier last week. It was like, you know, friends, fellow creators, everyone, anyone who wants to check out Ordinary Gods, tweet at me. You know, I'll send it to you. And I was like, I thought it just meant for like, you know, friends and creators. I didn't know like us, like, you know, us, us followers, I guess, we, we could have a chance to get access to that. But, uh, you know, I sent out a tweet at a completely different time just saying I was so excited to read this and he sent it to me and I read issue one and two holy shit <laughs> like I think Mara described it best in her tweet and Walking I'm Dead gonna one. refer to it uh, uh, yeah exactly exactly she said it's the age of Higgins and I'm like fuck it is the age of Higgins like seriously like check out Ordinary Gods check it out before it's gone before it's already got like a cool way you call it the OGs and stuff like that and it sounds dope as hell like, it's <laughs> It's first of all, you're right. Like that's amazing. I wow, I can't even believe I hadn't thought about that. And uh yes. Not just just I'm sorry, I'm just overwhelmed with excitement right now. <laughs> issue number one was fucking crazy. Issue number two, like the ending of issue number two had like I had to pick up my jaw from the floor because it was fucking crazy. It was like like I, I don't wanna say like kind of rating black like issue four level like kind of reveal, but the reveal was fucking nuts. Like it was like crazy. Like I was just like sold on the whole series at that point. Issue number one was fantastic. Issue number two had me like give me more now. You know like that scene in Loki where he tosses the fucking glass on the ground. He's like more. That was my reaction. <laughs> I just wanted more. No, seriously, seriously, Ordinary Gods is amazing. Like I don't think I was I was I wasn't sure what I was in for because the solicits like. There was a lot going on. There's like, this is about this and this. I'm like, okay. But once I read it, holy shit. And massive, massive respect and regards to Kyle Higgins. They sold us another oversized issue in Ordinary Gods number one with extra pages, but they only charged us $4. Guys, Marvel would look for any excuse to charge five bucks for a number one for those two extra pages. Images by the people for the people, man. Like, they're fantastic. Fantastic, and he. This was a four dollar issue, and the same with Radiant Black number five, which had like four to eight extra pages or something. I can't remember exactly how it was, but it had some extra pages by Marcelo Costa and less, no less. And they charged us only four dollars for the book. Seriously, those things do not go unnoticed. Thank you. Yeah, definitely, and I'm excited. I'll probably check it out tonight after this uh, this podcast. But yeah, uh, it looks pretty sweet. I read the preview in Geiger, and uh, I dug it. Like Higgins has me sold after Radiant Black. You know, I see his name attached. I'm in- instantly interested in what's being, you know, in the series. I, I think he's a, Dude, a great it's writer. It's fucking intense. Dude, like, the issue starts out like a fucking John Wick scene. Seriously, seriously. Like, it's intense. I'm just, Like, when I was reading it, I was like, this shit just starts gas full on pedal. Like, full on, like, forward. It, it doesn't give you a second to breathe. It's just straight up fast-paced insanity. And I'm just like, holy shit, this, 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 this that. You're going to, like, I think you're going to love it, honestly. Yeah, um, everything you've recommended to me, I've enjoyed. So yeah, definitely, uh, definitely gonna check it out. Yeah, I'm gonna check out. Was it Stray Dogs? Is that what it was called? Yeah, yeah. Stray, dude, dude, show yeah, it Stray Dogs. Dogs then, then show I'll that shit to Kayla. Dogs. I swear she'll love it. Show it to Kayla. Kayla's his girlfriend. Show it to Kayla. She'll love it. I guarantee it. Like, I think any anyone seriously, you like dogs? Read Stray Dogs. There's like, it's a little bit intense. I'm not gonna lie, but it's so fucking good. Like. It's so good. Like, oh, my God. And I'm saying this as someone who saw the issue on stands, and I thought it looked silly. Seriously, I was like, Silence of the Tramp meets uh, – <laughs> Silence, <laughs> Silence of the Tramp. Oh, my Silence God. Of the Silence of the Tramp. That's Lady sequel, in the, the, the land. By, by, by Matt and I. That's the sequel <laughs> we're coming up with. But uh, Silence of the Lamb, Lambs meets Lady, Lady – uh, oh, my God. Lady in the Tramp. 
that like sounded silly to me at first. I was like, what the fuck? But then I put, you know, I, my, the, the, my, um, my friend Dave, who works at the local comic shop, Strangers Ventures, shout out Strangers Ventures, best comic store. Um, he, he recommended it to me. He was like, you know, I trust him. He has really good taste. And he was like, man, you got to check this out. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I bought the number one silence of the lamb's homage. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, there's a reason, I know we mentioned this earlier, but there's a reason every printing is selling out. There's, one last time I'll mention this, there's a, this week's final order cutoff on Sunday or Monday. I know Marvel announced recently they're going to change to Sunday with DC. So <laughs> Sunday, Monday, whatever it is. Uh, oh, why don't we even talk about Marvel? It's Image. Uh, sorry, uh, on Sunday or Monday, yeah, Monday, Image has every single print, uh, new printings of every single issue of Stray Dogs from one to five. Check it out homage uh, covers are all homage to famous horror movies all of them are really cool and the series is amazing just trust me give it a chance you won't regret it yeah definitely and uh i think the artist there she used to do work for uh my little pony which actually fits yeah, both, perfectly both the, with the writer too oh really so yeah yes. i'm not i'm not like a brony or anything like that it's kind of like me with power rangers and stuff like that but i really really dig the, the artwork fits perfectly with this yeah, the art. So Tony Fleece, who's the writer of Stray Dogs, used to d- used to do the art uh, on ponies, Star Wars, etc. And he's really cool. You should follow him on Twitter. Super nice guy. I I learned about him from other podcasts on the internet, such as like the the Modern Playbook. Yeah, and yeah. Those, the guys from the Tales of the Flip Side. So check them out too. They're awesome. Uh, Trish Trish has also done art, I believe. Yeah. On yeah, has yeah, done art on yeah. So like yeah, she's a cover artist for My Little Pony and. I, I one thing I have to say I got it like obviously the writing in this story is incredible but Trish's artwork is amazing like I like it's flawless it just, I can't it's amazing yeah. I, I seriously like amazing and like you read the whole thing right you read issue five yeah okay. without spoiling man issue five fucking floored me like seriously like I had to mentally recover from that I, re- I read it two times because I was like holy shit you know what I mean yeah for sure it, it was it's just like a really well told story and it's tight doesn't go on for you know 50 issues like no this is the story and i think they're doing prequel stuff which i'm interested in because it's tied in so well like it's like the way they tie it in with like it has to be dogs and like the way that like dogs have kind of bad memories and and stuff like that just kind of adds to the sadness or the feelings of grief and stuff like that it's it's just great yeah and oh my god like i, I just i don't i don't want to say anything more go check it out trust me you'll love it it's it's fucking wild it's insane and it's definitely worth reading and for those of you that don't like to buy you know many issues it's very short it's only five issues the whole thing's already out it's completed it's five issue miniseries seriously amazing yeah if you liked it uh tweeted us and let us know uh, if you took a recommendation if you liked it uh, for sure we love hearing stuff like that tweet at tony and tell him how awesome it is so he'll tweet back at you with a gif of a dog just rolling in their bills that's literally what he sent me earlier today and it made my day yeah, it's it's the, the people, the, the creators of these comics are super nice online and stuff like that and super open and welcoming the fans and stuff like that that want to, uh, you know, spread the word and talk about their favorite new series. So it's, it's really fun. Comic Twitter is fun. Yeah. And, you know, to, to end it, to end this, we're going to end it with one last thing since this was such a good segment. So thank you for joining us, Ali. But uh, you, you, know, you didn't talk much. You didn't talk fun. much. So we're, we're going to get you to talk more next time. And there will be a next time. There will and uh this time whether you like it or not there will be an extra yeah there will be (laughs) (laughs) this this time we're gonna end it this way and i asked the three of you the three of myself so the two of you and myself uh 
for a recommendation for an, a comic book series that you would recommend to readers, new readers. It could be it could be one of the ones we discussed already. So if you want to say like Five Hour Reading Black, Invincible, whatever, that's fine. You you, okay. you can do that. For me, I'm going to recommend Seven Secrets by Tom Taylor and Danielle Dinuculo. I think that's an amazing series. Uh, it's it's wild. It's about disorder. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, that's literally what it's about. But it's about, uh, and by Walter Biamonte, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention that. But uh, yeah, it's just about these secrets that could are literally world-changing. World and there's this order that has been protecting these secrets since like, the establishment of civilization as we know it. But uh, yeah, if you haven't checked out Seven Secrets, it's got great artwork. It's got really good writing. If you're a fan of Tom Taylor, you're going to like it. And, you know, Boom Studios, they're not one to be... Uh, you know, they're, they're don't to take them out. lightly. Yeah. Yeah. Don't take them lightly because they've got some really, really good titles. I'm pretty sure everybody knows about Something's Killing the Children, Department of Truth. Every, uh, sorry, Department of Truth, the Image. I'm sorry. You're going to make my pick if you keep yeah. going down that road. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone knows Something's Killing the Children, right? So, uh, so yeah, we, we, you know, I, I'll, I'll let you guys take it from here. Check out Seven Secrets. Check out Stray Dogs, please. All right. I'll, uh, I, I stand by your second, your Seven Secrets recommendation. That's a sick ass series. For me, I've got to go with Ice Cream Man. Uh, it's anthology horror, so you know you can pick it up whenever. But there is kind of like a grander narrative going on. But it's so good. They're at like issue what twenty? They're at six volumes now, so it's like what twenty four, twenty five issues are out, and it's fantastic. It's written by uh, W. Maxwell Prince and uh, the art by Martin Morazzo. Like it's kind of unsettling and stuff like that. Which it fits perfectly. It's kind of unsettling. That's bullshit. It's super unsettling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, Chris O'Halloran works on it too. It's it's just I like anthology horror. I grew up on freaky stories and tales from the crypt. So like. It's got those stories. Like, the first issue is kind of a weird pick, kind of like how Black Mirror's first episode involves, like, the pig. I'm like, that's an interesting one. It's not quite as interesting a choice as Black Mirror's first episode, but it's a cool it's a cool little story and just the overarching narrative. And the Ice Cream Man himself is just so creepy, and they, they play on, like, the, uh, you know, like, the white hat traditionally being, like, the good guy and, like, white and black representing good and evil and stuff like that. They kind of, like, twisted that a little bit. I, I just, I love it. And uh, the fourth one with, like, the uh the musician guy who kind of like he only wrote a one hit wonder and was trying to like get that hit again i think that's probably one of my favorite ones it might be my favorite like uh it's it's so good it's like nice little depressing stories and stuff like that but it's just, it's just good stuff it's it's like going you know it's like going to the ice cream man and then you get like a cone full of spiders it's scary as hell you don't know how the hell it happened but uh, you can't be that pissed yeah that's a good one i mean the, just to motivate uh, listeners further the overwhelming success of ice cream man actually spawned a spin-off series called haha ha, which is on its final issue now it's a six issue miniseries and that one's also been really good right yeah i actually got my haha uh, ha, trump uh variant today the one with like trump as a clown <laughs> uh i forgot i forget what his actual like clown title is but yeah that's a really well done cover so yeah no haha ha is pretty sweet i actually have to catch up on that and uh Hoo-hoo is going to be a really good follow-up. No, I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Haha, it's fucking depressing. It's good, but it's depressing. It always makes me, it hits, it's like, it hits me in the gut hard, and I always feel sad afterwards. You got to do it like, in a good way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, for yeah. me, I have to say Firepower. It's not that long. It's only 12 issues right now, and from the art, the dialogue, it just hooks you in, and you can't go wrong with Kirkman. Come on. For sure, yeah. Kirkman and Kung Fu now? Like, come on. Yeah, who would have thought? 
yeah of those th- like all three of those recommendations are are sweet like i i love those ones and they're like the top of my list when i go to when it's new comic book day so yeah firepower i mean we talked for like a good like 40 minutes at least about how great firepower is yeah check that out if you haven't already and uh, if you've listened to the spoilers yeah firepower sports get the preludes first yeah. yeah get the fucking pre don't elude the prelude okay do not elude the prelude start with matches before you get the flamethrower like just rock with the prelude for a little bit have fun with it enjoy it i i bought the prelude too i've got like the first like i got the i bought like a bundle with like the prelude and like the first like four or five issues it's strange it's it's good and i got i got you know speaking on this let's let's talk for a little bit longer now that we're done all the bullshit let's just talk okay let's just talk we we went through our analysis now we're gonna talk bullshit man what the f- Fuck was it trying to find one of those firepower one per store? First of all, first of all, first of all, first of all, look, this is a one per store comic book. And let me explain why. I'm a collector at heart. Like, seriously, I love reading comics. I love collecting. I just love, I fucking love comics. Like, in case it's not clear, I fucking love comics, right? Like, all of it, all comics, all sideways, inside, on top, underneath, all, all comics. And, you know, I've been going to conventions since as long as I could, seriously. And so if the, the hobby for me, it doesn't just come from reading. It comes from collecting, too. I, I really do collect all the shit. I, I've been collecting the Invincible run since January. I have five issues that I'm missing. Seriously, single issue. I'm not like one of those blessed people who was able to pick up on the series. Because I was, like, young when the series first came out. 2002, I was, like, seven or eight years old, right? Like, I was a baby. And I wasn't able to read that shit. There were no comics where, I, where I'm from. So... I didn't have the blessing of being able to buy, and Ali knows exactly what I'm talking about. You know, this motherfucker, Ali. Even I if you to, could, it would have been yeah, censored. Yeah. yeah, so I, I'm from Kuwait. That's in the Middle East, and Ali's from Egypt. And yeah. I'm, I shit you not. I shit you not. When Ali used to go to Egypt, I used to give him a list of comics I would want, and he used to literally go buy them for me. I'm not kidding. Like, I'd give him because there's less censorship. Because there was a store yeah. there. No, 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 there's no in Kuwait. There's no stores. There's like there's books bookstores that if you're lucky they might order some comics, but Every single comic in Kuwait got stamped. There's like a stamp with the price. Yes. They don't. It's either a stamp or they put those fucking price stickers. So it's like free comic book day every day. Exactly, exactly. Man, like I used to still buy them. Obviously, I was in love as a kid. I used to bu- still buy them, but I hated that fucking stamp as a collector. And the funny thing was that if you know your shit as a collector, most of the issues they used to get in these bookstores were newsstand issues, and newsstand issues are extremely rare, like extremely rare in the, in the print count compared to uh, in the 2000s, compared to uh, you know back in the day in the 70s and the 80s where they were higher and higher. So. To have them stamp the new stamp copies, that pissed me off. Okay, like I would literally ask them, "Do you have non-stamp copies?" They're like, "No, we stamp them all the price them." So, I'm a collector, right? And I used, to, I, I, I remember. Do you remember? Do you remember what it's like? Remember? Yeah, it it sucked. It really, it really wasn't. <laughs> yeah, do you remember the list I, I would tell you? Do you remember you used to go to Egypt? Like how amazing. No, no, I remember that. I'm just saying, yeah. like getting getting comics in general back home was was a difficult task or you had to like wait till like you said someone left the country so that they can get it for you it, it was like it's like it's like something we look forward like do you remember like it's how, like a once or twice a year yeah trip, exactly you know? like exactly. it wasn't like oh it's this week something new Just, came out i can go grab it at the store no you had to wait like till your parents are going on vacation and it was like planned out too so you're someone who like loves comics i'm someone who loves comics and you know someone just going into a comic book store whether it's a regular occurrence or not it's like sensory overload being a nerd surrounded by all these nerd amazing things and you're just like oh my fucking god like oh my god oh my god you know like it's all overwhelming right it's amazing it's the best feeling ever and then 
imagine that only once or twice a year. So imagine how Ali feels like walking into a store, right? And he, is, uh, he has this list from this like asshole telling him, buy me this, buy me this. And then he's also looking for his own shit, right? Yeah. Can you imagine? Oh now you can God. just walk into Midtown Comics and uh, live oh, no, the funny, The funny thing is, he when I was living in uh, Boulder, Colorado, Ali visited me and we went to Mile High together. Do you want to talk about that? Mile High was insane. It was probably the biggest one I've ever went to. The only one I've been to before that was like a local one, which are usually pretty small, or Midtown Comics in New York City. Um, Midtown Comics was pretty much what I imagined it would be, but Mile High, it was literally a warehouse, like a huge warehouse. And then half of that warehouse was like a back section where you couldn't really like walk around and look at stuff. You had to ask um, yeah, yeah. an attendant or something to get it. It was great. I got so many comics that I spent way too much money. But I, th- I think I, I you showed me a picture it. of it, Bash. Yeah, the place looks sweet. Yeah, yeah, no, it's literally a fucking warehouse. Like literally, like not even exactly. Like without yeah, exaggeration, it's, it's a literal warehouse. Like literally. Do they need like a forklift it, to bring down like a pallet of comics for you and stuff like that? Because it'd be pretty sweet. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain they do actually have a forklift in there, but yeah. I don't know if I don't know if we saw it, but I'm like 100% sure because like the guy uh, Chuck Rosansky, who's the owner of Mile High Comics. He has one of the biggest uh, like, and best collections of all times. It's the Edgar Church or Edward Church or whatever collection that he acquired many years ago. And there's like a whole kind of there's all kinds of famous stories and controversy around that uh, collection and the acquisition of it. So if you're someone interested in that and the history of that, go check it out on the Internet. There's a lot of, uh, you know, you can find a lot of different you know documentaries or like miniseries about it or whatever. He, even Chuck himself, the interviews from. A lot of other YouTubers who've interviewed Chuck himself at the at the warehouse, and he talks about it. But yeah, go check it out. And he that collection has all the comp. Like we're talking all the Golden Age stuff, like everything: Batman number one, Detective number twenty-seven, like every experience of Jesus, everything, <laughs> everything, literally everything, literally everything, every comic you can think of, like this video. So he has, and he talks about this project he has where he wants to basically he's a hoarder, like in a good way and he wants to accumulate like all the comics in existence so those shelves we've seen literally have they're like a, a uh an organized system of like all back issues pretty much he can get his hands on so god knows what's there and people do call i'm not even kidding people do call chuck Rosansky comic book jesus like kevin smith calls him that you could go see it online doesn't surprise me though. that sounds sweet like i definitely if i'm in colorado that'll definitely be like you know, one oh, of the yeah. first things I do. And the thing is, and this is just my personal opinion. A lot of people agree, but he, like, I feel like a lot of the prices in there are super expensive, like super high, like even way above market price. So it feels more like a museum, but it's always worth going there because it 100% is an experience. Just to like, be in the presence of greatness. Yeah, it, like, oh, you'll, I'm sure you'll find gems too, but like, I just mean like, yeah, it's it's an incredible, like, uh, Yali, do you remember? Like, it's an, it's an, it really it's, is like a museum. It's, it's overwhelming. There's, there's too much like you you should probably go in there with a plan yeah exactly <laughs> like it's like a theme park like you need to yeah. plan out your day do you remember the wall the wall the wall of comics like, there's a wall and it spans almost the entire like back section of the the store and it's just like a wall and I, when, when we went it was all star wars variants like all of them it's fucking crazy like if you're a comic book like if you love comic books and you go in there you're just gonna like melt <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah it sounds it looks like Looks awesome. I don't know. I I just get stunned just looking at the wall of strange and like if it's an, it must be even more there. So like that's I can only imagine. Yeah. So we you know we we went on a little bit longer than we'd like to we we wanted to there, but it was all worth it. It was good to talk comic books. You know it was lovely having you on, uh, Addy, and it was yeah, oh, sure. it was great. Yeah, talking about so 
you know, with that being said, you've heard the recommendations from the, my my friends here. I think they offered some really solid picks. Ice Cream Man is amazing. Seriously, if you don't know of it, definitely check it out. It's fucking, it's nuts. It's actually nuts. And Stray Dogs, Seven Secrets, and Firepower. Those are the titles we talked about. Most of them were Image. We love Image, what can we say? But yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you guys for joining me. Oh, uh, one thing before we go, I just want to give a shout out to uh, the guy that made our theme, uh, my friend uh, Moon Mist. Moon Mist uh, if you, yeah, oh, yeah, it's just Moon Mist on Spotify. Yeah. He actually dropped a new single not long ago. If you guys want to check that out, I think it's really cool. It's called, um, sec. yeah, it's called uh, The Needle. It's really trippy. He's got like this really cool style. It's like he's been messing around with electronics and stuff. I've just seen him. Since I've known him, he's just doing like uh, stuff with like guitar and piano, but like he's super talented musically, and he's just doing like synthwave kind of stuff and like electronic stuff. So yeah, definitely uh, check that out if you like our theme. Uh, check out the Needle by Moon Mist on Spotify. Yeah, check out check out Moon Mist. I love the soundtrack they made for our podcast. Seriously, it's awesome. We rock out to it. Check out uh, you know check out the the Radiant Black Discord if you want to talk more Radiant Black. And seriously, just read more comics. Support your comic book shops buy some comics and just have a great time yeah if you're feeling like the industry there's no ideas in, in hollywood and stuff like that go to the source and check out some comics trust me you won't be you won't be just go, uh, go to indies if you're tired of the superhero bullshit go to indies trust me you'll you'll be thankful exactly all right well thank you everyone it was great and uh, we'll see you next time